ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 285th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items, an event of the week that I covered. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. We're going to start this week with my event of the week that I covered, which was the American Athletic Conference Football Media Days in Newport, Rhode Island. Simply one of my favorite events of the year, every year. On Monday evening, last Monday, there was a kicks off with a clam bake on Newport Bay, one of the most beautiful spots in America, a view of, of course, the bay held on Goat Island section of Newport, and you're looking out at uh, the bridge that comes over the bay into Newport. It's just a spectacular setting. The weather was perfect, as it seems to be every year, and it is just a tremendous uh, way to kick off this particular event. Uh, Newport, Rhode Island is just a special place, and this year's event featured, as always, lots of luminaries right up to and including uh, the head of the college football playoff committee, Bill Hancock, and members of all types of media organizations, obviously, as well as the athletic directors and players and coaches from the various member organizations of the AAC and, uh, and many other luminaries from throughout the world of college football. So it was just wonderful. And then Tuesday morning, the real work begins when they have... Uh, Sessions with players and coaches uh, set up very nicely with the West Division and the East Division, where the West Division coaches will talk and uh, in a panel setting. And this year was a real highlight with legendary broadcaster Vern Lundquist emceeing the event. And while the uh, one division coaches are speaking, the other division Coaches and players are in a large ballroom, each with a table, and you can just go and ask them all questions in a very, very informal, inviting session. So it was just terrific. And then it's reversed mid-morning, and, uh, and the coaches move from the ballroom setting over to the next panel. And then the previous panel moves into the ballroom with its players uh, to talk to the media. And again, and just a perfect, perfectly comfortable, informal setting. So it was just terrific. Probably the biggest news 
that I found interesting in the second coaches panel, which featured the newest coach in the AAC, which who of course is Charlie Strong, formerly of Texas and Louisville. He's taken over the University of South Florida down in Tampa, and uh, so he was, uh, you know, he was on the panel for the, uh, you know, for the East uh, Division, and on a panel with Scott Frost from Central Florida, Luke Fickle, formerly Ohio State coordinator, one-time head coach at Ohio State, Randy Edsel making his return to UConn, Scotty Montgomery from East Carolina, and Jeff Collins from Temple. And when Vern Lundquist asked him about the CFP and the number of teams invited, of course, it's currently four, as we all know. Uh, Pretty much unanimous across the board from these six coaches that uh, everyone would be better served if it moved to eight with full recognition that, you know, when you have four, five, and six are not happy when they don't make it. And when you have eight, of course, nine and ten and others wouldn't be happy either. But uh, clearly this group seemed in favor of expansion. Seems to be a lot of that out there. Uh, the more the merrier, I guess, is simply the approach. And it's gotten so big, so quick, that uh, it would seem to only benefit everyone if it went from four to eight. We shall see. Uh, It's not going to happen tomorrow, by any means, uh, or for that matter, probably anytime real soon. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen down the road. So once again, uh, you know, just a great event. Uh, The West Division coaches were Major Applewhite. We all remember him as coach of the University of Texas. Uh, Mike Norvell from Memphis, the newest member of the AAC. Ken Niamatopalo, coach of Navy. Excuse my pronunciation on that one. Chad Morris from SMU, Willie Fritz from Tulane, and Philip Montgomery from Tulsa. So the far-flung, geographically, uh, American Athletic Conference is looking for a big year with 12 teams now. The addition of Memphis was just huge. The addition of a gigantic name like Charlie Strong will help bolster the visibility of the conference, which is already made tremendous uh, <clears throat> inroads in the first few years. So it's going to be another fun year uh, covering the AAC and just can't wait. And my highlight of the week was Jordan Smith's amazing closeout to become the youngest American player ever to win the Open Championship yesterday at Royal Birkdale. Uh It was just an amazing back nine, highlighted, and really got started. Uh, They say the Masters begins on the back nine on Sunday. Well, the Open began yesterday on the 13th on Sunday when Spieth hit it to about 100 yards to the right in an impossible position. After a half an hour, amazing break and play to sort it all out, he hit his next shot from the driving range. 
decent shot, got him up close enough to the green where he got a bogey on what was clearly looking like a double, if not a triple bogey. Uh, and then it started, and he just started draining putts. Uh, on the very next tee shot on the 14th, he almost had a hole in one, uh, which would have been the story of the year, surpassing the previous story of the year, shot of the year, shall we say, when uh, Spieth holed out from the traveler from the bunker in sudden death to basically win the travelers. It was as close to a walk-off win as you can have in golf. And, uh, uh, even though his opponent that day, uh, still had one more putt, but everybody kind of knew it was probably over with the, with his shot. So Jordan Spieth continues to just, uh, amaze. He is now won three majors. He'll have the opportunity, and by the way, he's with uh, only Jack Nicklaus as the youngest to win three majors, and with Tiger as well, uh, but he did it quicker than Tiger, uh, need I say more, and the only one quicker was Jack, so the PGA at Quail Hollow in a couple weeks as he goes for the career, Grand Slam will be gigantic, Um and Jordan Spieth is just having an amazing career so far. Uh, he's got that something special. There's no question, obviously. Anybody who watched him draining those putts, uh, basically he went five under on the last five holes. That's really all you need to know. 14 through, uh, yeah, 14 through 18, of course. And it was just Matt Kuchar played well. It was Basically became match play the last couple holes. But what Spieth was doing was otherworldly. And Matt Kuchar, again, he shot a 69. Uh, he was right there. And nothing was stopping Spieth yesterday. He just went into his zone. And even quoting some of what he said, if, if there was ever any lingering effect from uh, the master's collapse of Two years ago, I think he erased them once and for all. Well, my low light of the week was University of Mississippi Ole Miss coach Hugh Freeze being fired, uh, all rooted in an apparent call to an escort service. Uh, the story is still a little muddy at this point. Um, this happened uh, last week. Um, he, of course, he and the university were under investigation already by the NCAA for potential recruiting violations. And we all remember when they just burst on the scene a few years back and came from out of nowhere to basically have the top recruiting class in the country, which got everybody's attention. And they've been under a microscope ever since and never more so than uh, last week. So he's gone, and we'll see uh, see how it all plays out. But it was uh, quite the story to break. And my bizarre story of the week was Kyrie Irving asking for a trade from the Cavaliers. Uh, the Cavaliers simply seem to be falling apart. There is no other way to describe it. Uh, they let their GM go, David Griffin, and... Uh, 
There's the LeBron thing, which is just hanging like an albatross around the entire franchise. Uh, will he or will he not stay in Cleveland? He'll be there this year. But then uh, I believe he has a player option. And a lot of people think he's going to L.A. And who knows? So uh, get ready for another potential summer of LeBron. He has not stated he is unequivocally returning to the Cavaliers, which just leads everything open to speculation. The Kyrie statement saying he wanted to be traded uh, is, you know, the ramifications are reverberating throughout the NBA as we speak. What's it all going to mean? Nobody knows. So, uh, you know, stay tuned. But it is the story. I, of course, am located here in Boston. So everybody in Boston is just all Celtic fans are reveling in it. Because if the Cavaliers are not what they've been the last three years, suddenly the Celtics uh, look like the team that could uh, unseat them in the East. Especially with the recent pre-agent signing of Gordon Hayward. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch. But the NBA offseason has been uh, like no other and uh, really enjoyable. So now let's take our break and we'll get to a lot more soon after the upcoming break. So stick around. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you, and as we often discuss, never a dull moment in college football, never a dull moment in the SEC, and last week... Certainly uh, drove that point home when the shocking announcement of you Freeze being fired 
came out. And the reason for it was equally shocking. And I don't know. I said in the previous segment, I don't know if it's still been unraveled. Uh, I'm guessing you may know more given your perch down there uh, in SEC West country. Well, John, uh, surprisingly, uh, or not surprisingly, I heard some of that chatter during the week about phone calls to an escort service. So wow. we knew that the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the Turk of college football was, was not far behind, right, to, to Absolutely. call him into the room, you know, or he was going to go into the room himself. But either way, he wasn't long for Oxford, Mississippi. Well, his tenure has been, uh, you know, as I, again, as I said in the opening segment, under the microscope since he literally burst onto the scene by out of, coming out of nowhere four or five years ago with what I remember as maybe the top recruiting class in the nation. And it's just gone on from there. And along the way, there's been, you know, memorable victories over Alabama. They, they just became what they were, uh, what they hadn't been in 30, 40 years since Archie Manning played there, and to a degree, Eli. But, uh, yeah, and, of course, the NCAA is investigating, as we all know, currently. So uh, this was the tipping point, uh, to say the least. Yeah, John, he he had... Uh, some tremendous players that he recruited to Oxford, Mississippi. So the eyebrows were raised immediately. And he even boasted on the Twitter account, I guess, if you think there's something that's uh, happening here uh, at Ole Miss, it's not right. You know, call me out. And I don't know why he would make those comments because in the SEC, I mean, that's like throwing the bait to a shark in, uh, in, in you know, still water. I mean, you just, you just can't make those type of bold statements if you know they're not to be true. Exactly. Yes, he, uh, he seemed to court it in a number of ways. The, you know, what has turned out for a bad ending, he, of course, was noted for uh, espousing Christian beliefs. Uh, so to speak, and uh, yes, but it, correct. I mean, you know, that was a big part of his persona, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, he, again, you would know better than me, but AP, you know, I, I, I've got to ask. Uh, I mean, has there been further information? I, I mean, you know, where during the announcement it was talked about one call apparently to an escort service. And then that was it. You know, it just said, you know, a, a lot of generic terms, you know, inappropriate conduct, whatever you want to say. But has there been any more, quote, evidence? Has that been absolutely positively identified? The pattern, that's what we're talking about, a pattern. Has that been flushed out and identified as the reason? Phone calls, so to speak? <laughs> Yeah, that that be would be the case. I mean, uh, when you have those type of phone calls being made, it, it, it John, in this day and age, it just seems like the cell phone is the the curse to all these coaches. Yeah, I mean, right. Uh, Houston, <laughs> Houston Nut, right? You know, Houston Nut was suing the school, so supposedly his lawyer had those phone calls released because you know he 
he tapped into that information. So, you know, when Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss was saying things that was laying the blame on the, the doorstep of Houston Nutt, he said, wait a minute, fellas, there's something else going on. And he came through with this information, his lawyer did, and that's the end of Hugh Freeze. The revenge of Houston Nutt. Boy, that, that's uh, uh, that, that's really taking care of business there. How about that, huh? Just amazing. Yeah. And, I, of course, that, that's a big part of the story. Uh, so I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, amazing. Like you, uh, Add it to the long list, AP. You can't make this stuff up, can you? No, you can't. And, and the SEC, I mean, it's, it's a very tight neighborhood. So you better be careful what you say because it has a boomeranging effect. I mean, and that's with a lot of rivalries, a lot of coaches. And that just seems to be <clears throat> what happens uh, down here in the Southeastern Conference. You just can't make these bold statements without backing them up, uh, and especially if you know that you're in the wrong. I mean, it's one of those things that, I mean, when you're going to reflect back, you phrase, he's going to probably think, what was I, what was going through my mind? Because there's no way I was going to get away with these comments. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the whole, you know, that's what makes it all worse, just the persona he was projecting during. Yes during his tenure and then the ending, you know, and you combine the two and it, it, frankly, it, it gets people more upset than they might already have been. Yeah. Everyone realizes that people make mistakes, John, but when you shroud yourself and, and the, uh, that persona of religion and you're, you're espousing all these high morals and Christian beliefs. And then behind the scenes, you're, you have a skeleton that would, you know, mirror the Empire State Building or something. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> right. incredible. It's incredible. I mean, these are not just small sins. I mean, this is way beyond any anything normal that uh, when people make mistakes. I mean, this is way outside the boundaries when you're talking about family, 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 and these things are going on. Going on. So. I don't want to, I don't understand it, John. I'm not smart enough. Yeah, <laughs> nor am I, nor am I. Um, well, just, you know, crazy situation. I mean, they begin practice in a couple of weeks. And, you know, to have this just happen in the premier, most visible half conference, shall we say, the SEC West, the best you know, conference slash half conference or division in the country is it's just seismic news. And again, it's you just fell with the investigation again when they first when they landed that recruiting class that, of course, featured Robert Kemdichi, number one recruit in the nation, who basically at that point when he chose Ole Miss was as recognized a name as like when Jadavian Clowney declared for South Carolina, like. He, he was an instant household name, uh, unique, because both of them, of course, were defensive linemen. And uh, from that moment on, you know, the spotlight has been on that program and on you, Freeze, in particular, to say the least. Yeah, then you had the spectacular wide receiver coming out of Illinois to, right. uh, to, to Oxford. So that was... When I saw that name, and he was, you know, Laquan Treadwell right. going to Ole Miss, I'm thinking, 
Gee, that's, I wonder what the connection is there. Normally, if you come from a place like Illinois, you know, maybe you had family there in Ole Miss and Mississippi. I mean, that's, that's a possibility that uh, when you had those other names, the offensive tackle came there and the wide receiver and then the defensive lineman, you know, five-star players, it didn't seem uh, normal. Right. Yeah, with Laramie Tunsil, then that situation right. blew up and... Yeah, I mean, just on and on. Um, it's just been, you know, a crazy, crazy situation, to say the least. And, you know, I mean, I, I for one, you know, I grew up as a kid watching and loving Archie Manning, you know, the up in the Northeast in Pennsylvania where I grew up. I mean, you know, to get an SEC Archie Manning game in the 19-whatever, 60s or 70s was like gold. <laughs> You know, it was the old days, and it you know you only got one or two looks at people like that, and he, he was you know he was as big as it gets back in those days, that's for sure. So, you know, because of that, when Ole Miss suddenly, uh, you know, got their seat back at the table, yeah, I was loving it. I think a lot of people were. I mean, Oxford, the Grove, maybe the greatest tailgate in America. You know. There's a lot to like. They, you know, they had a built-in foundation that just was resurrected. Like on one day, the day that recruiting class was announced, it was like they were instantly back to a place they hadn't been in 20, 30 years. Yeah, you're thinking in two years, Ole Miss is going to be a force to be reckoned with on the college football scene, and sure enough, they were. I mean, the, the state of Mississippi, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, they had their moments in the last few years. So, I mean, that, as you said, that revived the whole football community in the in the Magnolia State. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was unbelievable that recruiting class that he brought in. Oh yeah, and let's not forget just to close out this segment that there was that moment after the first victory, I believe, over Alabama. There was that couple of weeks when not only Ole Miss, but Mississippi State uh, and Dak Prescott were basically, you know, flipping them back and forth at number one, if I remember correctly, for like two or three weeks. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, you talk about football being back in the Magnolia State. It wasn't just Ole Miss. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I remember that fabulous Mississippi State victory over uh, LSU in Death Valley. When Prescott was huge, that was the night he got introduced to the nation. And, uh, yeah, so, again, there was like that three-week period when I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that Ole Miss and Mississippi State each had at least one week as number one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I believe so, too, John. And and you mentioned Archie Manning and how you enjoyed watching those games and your youth, but... And when you only have that one game, you know, John, our memories are so vivid because we watched it with such intensity. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. I can remember vividly, like like yesterday, watching Archie Manning on a Saturday night uh, when I was like 10, 12 years old. I remember it like it was yesterday, you know, because it was so rare. It may have been the only game I ever saw him. Uh, in a regular season, and it was, the, I think that was the night that I always remember, like being introduced to the SEC. Like, wow, this is really cool. 
This is different from Penn State and the Lambert Trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was the game, John. That was the first uh, primetime SEC game was Alabama and Ole Miss in the capital of the football world at the time in the South, Legion Field, and uh, Archie Manning and Scott Hunter going at, back and forth. And do you happen to know what year that was? That was 1969. It was, like I say, it was not the first primetime game on TV regular season, but it was the first for the SEC. Wow. Okay, I was 15 years old then, so wow. That says it all right there. Um, thank you for checking that out and uh, and clarifying exactly when it was and who, who it was against. Uh, well, AP, great segment, great information from you as always. And uh, why don't we take our break now? We still have a lot to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. If you think you've seen online TV before. Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And AP, uh, always a lot going on in college football. Hard to believe it's uh, next week is August, and that means practices are going to get underway and uh so uh you freeze is not the only story down in the sec uh what else are you hearing down there as as the season starts to uh become more and more of a reality finally <laughs> well i think the reality is the key word john you just mentioned that alabama they know they had six outstanding running backs and uh, at most i think forward probably have some uh, playing time this year. So B.J. Emmons uh, from North Carolina, he's going he's gonna to transfer uh, to a junior college. And he was, he was a very good player. He had an injury last season. 
uh, ended his ended it against LSU and in November. But uh, you know, he participated a little bit in the spring, but he's gonna end up transferring. He's a you know, pretty good prospect coming out of Carolina. And then wow. a cornerback Aaron, Aaron yeah, and then a cornerback Aaron Robinson, he was from Florida, he's gonna he's gonna transfer as well. He's a backup and he probably would have saw some playing time, but yeah, so those are two players that would transfer from Alabama. That's that's what happens when you're at those high level programs and you bring in top level recruits. They see the writing on the wall and they, they make these these decisions because they want to get on the field. I mean, it's just not enough to say that you graduated and played for Nick Saban. Everybody wants to participate. So those are the decisions that are made and they act accordingly in a timely manner to make their decisions. Yep. It's as old as the hills, AP. I mean, you know, growing up in a half an hour away from State College, Pennsylvania, some of the greatest high school players from our town can't miss prospects, you know, signed with Penn State, uh, went down the road, and basically never to be heard from again. Uh, You know, they ended up 6th, 7th, and 8th on the depth chart. Some stuck with the program, some transferred. It's just, you, you said it perfectly, when you get to the highest level, and Penn State was then and maybe are back now, uh, and Alabama obviously is the standard right now and has been for a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just getting, you know, the depth is just off the charts, and you have these high school superstars that suddenly don't have a prayer of getting on the field, uh, you know, some of them, and then many of them know that if they get on the field, it's not going to be for long. So, you know, it's just the way of the world in college football at the highest level. Uh, But, you know, tough. It's a a real reality check, to use that word again, for for a 17, 18-year-old, that's for sure. Yeah, John, it, it sure is, and and uh, you're going to continue to see it. It's nothing new. I mean, basketball, I mean, they're they're changing almost mid-season, John. <laughs> College basketball, they don't even. Oh, like absolutely. They're, they're like maybe after the second game, they're you know they're not satisfied, and the phones ring in, and they're trying to connect with somebody around the country and get a better situation for themselves. So, yeah, that, that's Correct. the way it works now nowadays. So. But, uh, yeah, you can't blame them. No, you, no, you can't blame them. You can't really blame them because they're young and they want to get on the field. They train their whole, you know, their short life uh, very hard to be in that position. And they're, they're top-level athletes and they have ability and they can contribute in a big way uh, if they get in the right situation. So I don't, I don't uh, begrudge them. Uh, and, no. and they figured out all the, all the numbers and when to make the move and uh, the, you know, the next option. So then that's fine. Oh, absolutely. You know, when, uh, you know, again, you can't overstate the fact that, you know, if you're recruited by Alabama, you are one of the top players in the country. You're more than likely the best or top two or three players in your state. Uh, You're an absolute superstar and have been for two or three years leading up to your arrival at the Alabama campus or whomever, uh, whatever big school you want to name. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, like you said, it's a uh, can be a real slap in the face, like just something that none of these kids have ever experienced before. And you know, you know, and then you just uh, you know go forward from there. I'm, 
you know, I have a relationship uh, with a college, a former college athlete from not too long ago, who basically went, you know, high school superstar, went to a high-profile position at a major university that was winning national championships in that particular sport, and, uh, you know, didn't see a whole lot of playing time, was second, third string throughout his career, and so I asked him the million-dollar question when it was all said and done, you know, it was a good university. Uh, you know, if you had to do it all over again, would you have rather gone to a lesser school where you'd have been the starter and maybe a star, uh, or would you have done what you did? Basically, you know, been, you know, an important part of the team. Let's, you know, make that clear. But winning national championships and just along for a tremendous ride. And uh, this individual said unequivocally, yes, he would have done exactly what he did so that spoke volumes to me so I, i've always had carried that view uh with me for the last few years since uh, we had that discussion and so yeah so i find it fascinating to say the least you know i, I really can see it both ways because if you're on a team that again is you know I, and i talked to the kids i grew up with you know going to penn state that never never didn't see much playing time but you know they were going to major bowls every year. They were, you know, they were playing with first-team All-Americans who became NFL stars, things like that. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for that, too. That's for sure. Yeah, I think you have to weigh those those options and see what gives you the most satisfaction. But I, I would say that as a young person, you are hit with those realities and it's nice to have a plan B and a plan C. I mean, it makes you aware that in life, not everything goes smoothly, not a bed of roses, and uh, you better you better have some, uh, some thoughts in your mind where you can react and, uh, or, you know, or, or, you know, make those judgments and, and move on. Exactly, exactly. Uh, well, one thing's for sure, AP, it's never going to change. These are things that are just, you know, uh, the reality of, of the college football world and, and college sports in general and uh but you know never a dull moment and right now you know alabama is the team that is watched most closely for that and that is you know bringing in the best and the biggest group of athletes at every single position so they're the ones that you know uh everybody watches most closely and that more often than not, we'll have more transfers than other schools because of that depth and and just again the recruiting that is just you know off the charts. Oh yeah, and, and John, speaking of making decisions, this is kind of an interesting note for people who follow the game of college football. Uh, Coach Brian of Alabama, he has a great grandson. I mean, it's uh, and kind of wishing he was alive to see this happening, but his great grandson is a quarterback. He's six foot four, two hundred ten pounds, and he plays at uh, Hewitt Trustville. It's in the Birmingham area. Well, he just received an offer from the University of Southern California. He's going to be a junior this year, class of two thousand nineteen. So that's kind of a an, uh, a twist in the college football world. Can you imagine him playing for Southern California? Which, by the way, is a school that Coach Bryant always considered if he had an opportunity he, he might go coach in Los Angeles. Wow. That's amazing, especially given 
the history between Southern Cal and Alabama. And uh, yeah, wow. So USC makes an offer to Bear Bryant's grandson who lives in Alabama, plays in Alabama. That's that's pretty remarkable. That's good. Oh, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, great grandson, John. Great grandson. And, great grandson. And by the way, his name is yeah. And by the way, his name is Paul Tyson. Paul, Paul Tyson. Tyson. Okay. Well, that's clearly a name to remember because uh, uh, this sounds like a story that's going to have a lot of legs. You'd think uh, at some point Alabama would likely become involved, and uh, probably a host of others. Uh, quarterback, right? <laughs> quarterback, right? Yeah, Notre Dame. Looking at him in Alabama, and of course USC and. Oregon and Duke and Connecticut was in there early and uh, Clemson. So yeah, that this this will be really cool to find out which school he selects, and I'll definitely be following his career. Wow, that is big, and yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Alabama feels you would think a little extra pressure to land him for obvious reasons. Uh, so that's going to be fascinating to watch, no doubt about it. Is he good? I mean, how, how good is he? He's a good player, uh, John. I mean, uh, I don't know if he played that much varsity at this point, but when you watch him on film, you like his throwing motion. He seems to have good vision and pocket presence and a nice touch. Now, arm strength, I'm not positive about his you know, ability to uh, – Zooming in down, you know, you know, get it in there fast to the receivers and that type of thing, arm strength. But uh, you, you like, you like his pedigree anyway. Yeah, well, it sounds to me, AP, like uh, you should maybe try to catch him play a game this year. I'm guessing that's probably on your radar if it works into your schedule, right? <laughs> Absolutely, there's no question. I, I like to see him play in person and meet him as well. Yeah, no question. Absolutely. Uh, Well, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of another segment. Uh, Great stuff, uh, to say the least. And uh, we'll take our final break here, and we have a few more things to get to on the other side of the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is, and we've been talking a lot of college football, but hard to believe, NFL training camps begin this week. And so to me, the appointment viewing is just going to be watching the opening of all the NFL training camps and all the accompanying uh video and chatter and everything else uh, that is the behemoth that is the NFL so it's going to be great uh, AP when you have that happening and knowing that next week I believe or the week after within the next couple of weeks obviously college football gets going uh, it feels like it's here what do you think yeah I know I mean it, it's just humming away and you can hear it in your ears every, every day football in the air uh, especially down here in Alabama, they, that's what the, the talk is of the upcoming season, and of course, opening up with Florida State, they're building it as maybe the greatest of all time opening game. Maybe they'll be ranked number one and two, one and three, something of that nature. In the brand new Falcon Stadium to boot, right? The brand new stadium. I mean, theoretically, Alabama. Yeah, Mercedes Benz, and theoretically, John, believe it or not, this is kind of incredible. If Alabama's fortunate enough to win the games and enter the college football playoff and win the SEC championship, they'll play three times in that uh, stadium. Wow. Well, I hear it's spectacular. And, yes, Labor Day weekend uh, is when that game will be played, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And, yeah, uh, that's appointment television right off the bat, no doubt about it. Yeah, so I can't wait to see the inside and all the bells and whistles. And we got a little bit of a look-see at the SEC media days, and I guess the pricing for the food was reasonable. I heard and that. Of course, there's yeah, there's a lot of lot of good things, uh, amenities that the fans can enjoy. So this is going to be. I mean, I don't know if it's going to mirror Jerry Jones Palace in Arlington, but I don't think it's far behind. Yeah, what's well, interesting? Must be a Georgia thing, AP. Uh, as someone who, like yourself, that just attended the Masters a couple months ago, uh, you know they're still, you know, they're known for 1950s pricing, i.e., you know, a couple bucks for sandwiches, <laughs> things like that. As you well know, having just been there, and here, uh, and that's why it caught my attention. It's the first thing I thought of when I saw that they were going to be offering. Uh, concessions at reasonable prices. I thought, hmm, must be a Georgia thing. So good for them. That's awesome. Uh, and AP, um, moving beyond the SEC and ACC for that matter, uh, I'm looking at Big Ten Football Media Days, which kicked off in Chicago just a couple of hours ago with a big lunch. Uh, and Big Ten. They're, 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 you know, wasn't that long ago that they were uh, uh, 
under fire, shall we say, or looked upon as somewhat maybe of a, a fading conference. And boy, that has not proven to be true. And uh, it's great. Mark D'Antonio from Michigan State is at the podium as we speak. I, of course, grew up near Penn State, as I referenced earlier, and a lot of excitement uh, in Penn State Nation for this year's team. They uh, have the best player in the conference and Saquon Barkley, uh, a fascinating quarterback and Trace McSorley, and, of course, James Franklin, who was on the hot seat, uh, is no longer on the hot seat. He's not bringing those two to the, to the Big Ten Media Days, uh, the best and one of the best players because he says he brings only seniors as a reward, which, frankly, I loved. I just thought, that's great. <laughs> and uh, so, Big Ten Media Days, obviously, uh, Ohio State and Urban Meyer, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, uh, Penn State preceding just a few minutes ago. They had on Lovey Smith, coach of Illinois. So, long-winded way of saying, AP, Big Ten is back in a big way, no doubt about it. Yeah, they have some very good coaches and some Heisman Trophy-like candidates in, in their conference. And, you know, Ohio State is always a, usually a prohibitive favorite, but Penn State has some really uh, superstars on their team, you know, quarterback, running back, and, you know, they got to the, to the championship of the uh, Rose Bowl. So, you know, in Michigan with Harbaugh, he's still rebuilding and trying to get in that championship hunt again. So... And then you have Wisconsin and, you know, Michigan State, they really faltered last year. So what are they going to do? What, what's, what's going to be the, the recourse that they take this season? Is it going to get me, you know, back contending or are they going to just kind of drift off, the, off into the, uh, the depths of the league? I don't know, but it'd be, it'd be, uh, be fascinating. Fascinating for sure because they're quality programs. I think everybody's expecting them uh, to be back in the mix. Uh you know, again, you, Jim Harbaugh is, you know, the superstar right now of college football coaching, at least personality-wise. Um, you know, he's doing things like the trip to Rome a couple months ago, like no other. He's really shaken up the world of college football. I love it. He played in that classic against Ohio State last year. Uh, just on and on and on. It's just... Uh, you know, going to be a fun, fun conference to watch. Uh, you know, for me, the best thing about Penn State, uh, as I said throughout the end of the year, is, you know, they're entertaining. And I would go as far as to say they were the most interesting and entertaining team at the end of last season. When you throw in the Ohio State game, uh, the Big Ten Championship game, and the Rose Bowl, you don't get three better games from one single team in any year than that especially they all meant a lot uh, you know and that's my favorite thing about this Penn State team I mean and I heard it and still hear it constantly they were the funnest team in the country to watch on TV everybody loved it people who could care less about Penn State enjoyed watching them <laughs> right they they brought a new dim- you know coach Franklin brought a new dimension to Happy Valley because you know they, they have the boring uniforms which Right. You, you always know when Penn State's on TV. I mean, that was that was the uh, recruiting pitch. Oh, yeah, that's the boring uniform. Yeah, but they always know that it's Penn State. So there's, there's right. always that recognition. So there wasn't a reason to change. But now they have this uh, spectacular offense. 
and that draws the fans and the eyes from the people around the country who are not used to paying attention to a team like Penn State that running the ball, you know, more than usual. So I think James Franklin, he's, he's good for the program. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you have to hand it to him. He, uh, he, you know, he dealt with a lot, just put it mildly. And here he has come out the other side. And, you know, uh, the other thing that I've heard all off season long, uh, which, you know, it all changed from the scandal forward inside of like one minute in a matter of seconds with that block kick against Ohio State. It just changed in an instant. So it was amazing to watch and then see them what happened from that point on was remarkable. Yeah, John, I mean, the football is a game of six or seven plays. If you can win those, then your chances of being successful uh, improves. And that's what you're preaching to your team all the time. They just keep going forward, you know, keep fighting, keep trying, and good things will happen. And, and that's the message that you're trying to, to teach, you know, about, to your student-athletes so they can carry on in life. I mean, those are things that... Have, They'll be, um, you know, embedded in their in their heart. Absolutely. Well, hard to believe, AP, that uh, we've already come to the end of the show. Once again, uh, thank you for your great perspective, and uh, appreciate you calling in as always. Well, thank you, John. It's always my pleasure. All right, AP, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.